Hi, everyone. This is Shannon Keneally, content writer at Blue Acorn ICI and host of The Funnel. Each episode, we interview e-commerce experts to discuss the latest trends and topics that matter the most to brands and retail professionals. Today, we have with us Andy Odell. Hey, Andy. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Doing well. Happy to be uh, part of the, the topic today. Awesome. Andy is the Chief Strategy Officer and Co-Founder at Clutch, and we also have with us Travis Island. Hi, Travis. Hey, Shannon. Thanks for having me on. Excited to be here. Yeah, and Travis is the Head of Commerce Strategy and Growth at Magento. Today, we're going to talk about creating an omnichannel loyalty program. One of the first questions I want to ask you guys is, you know, I think at this point, most brands and retailers understand that omnichannel needs to be a critical component of their e-commerce strategy, but I think a lot of people just see it as this almost, this really big monster to take on. So in your guys' opinion, you know, why is omnichannel so hard? Well, I can, I can take the first crack at, at answering that. Aside from all of the business challenges that go around uh, you know, trying to put in place a really uh, interesting and unique loyalty program. Most of the challenges that you're going to face in deploying an omni-channel strategy is really how do you consolidate and, and otherwise connect data that you need to to inform a, a true omni-channel loyalty program uh, because a lot of times the, the data uh, that you're trying to source is siloed. You've got email data, you've got commerce data from uh, e-commerce websites, from mobile-enabled you know, applications, you've got point-of-sale data, and they all kind of look at data very differently. Uh, and how do, you, how do you bring all of that together into one spot so that you can start to create insights, so that you can create uh, interest and, and ultimately act on or develop a loyalty program that drives the kind of behavior you're looking for? Because the reality is being that those systems don't look at data the same way, it makes it very hard to kind of try and manage all of that in, an, in a way that feels very simple, uh, very elegant, and, and very integrated uh, to, the, to the consumer that's actually participating in that program. Yeah, absolutely. I think data is a huge key piece to this. And when you find merchants that, um, that you know, they're growing their business, they're adding channels, whether it's sales or ad channels, and they're wanting to test these, and maybe they're quickly adopting them if they understand they're crucial to their success, like a, like Facebook or ad channels. Uh, and so, when you when you think about unifying all these experiences, it's they're all in data silos. And so, as you progress, this channel should become part of your overall business strategy, not just a skunkworks product. And some of these tools, like email platforms, allow for some inter interoperability, but in large part integrating these back into the overall strategy is, is pointed at best. So as these solutions grow, they can be really hard to take all of the insights that you've gathered and the experiences and touch points that you've had with merchants via mobile or social or whatever else and store online. It's hard to make these comprehensive. And so having the right experiential driven commerce strategy is, is tough because of those data silos. So a lot of these guys can um, they can solve for integration so fast, but the solutions that they're looking to evolve towards are, are robust. And so, you know, to um, to the, Andy's point, you know, I think the data is is really the biggest challenge here. 
And like you said, I mean, it's not just breaking the silos between technology or data, but it's also breaking the silos between the teams. One thing, um, I was at a conference earlier this year, and there's one company saying how they used to have, or every team that was on a specific channel would each have their own revenue goals, but they kind of got rid of that. Now it's just one revenue goal across all teams because really, I mean, customer touches so many different points that you can't. You can't have, you have to hold them all accountable for that revenue goal because it's, they all have a part in it. One big piece of the whole omnichannel channel is the customer engagement and, you know, another big piece of that is just loyalty. So Andy, can you tell us what next gen loyalty is? Sure. I'm happy to. So a lot of us sort of connect with the idea of loyalty based on purchases I've made. You know, you spend dollars, you get points, and at some point down the road, hopefully those points convert to some other kind of value for you as a consumer. Um, We're all familiar with that, both in the traditional retail market, but also in hotel and airline programs. And I think we've all experienced some of the disappointments uh, or some of the limitations that you experience in a a sort of one-dimensional program like that. But next-gen loyalty is kind of the next iteration of what it means to, uh, you know, be able to identify a consumer as they move across various channels, whether those be commerce channels or marketing channels or both. Uh, And then ultimately to develop a deeper, fuller spectrum understanding of who they are and how and why are they behaving the way that they're behaving. So, you know, loyalty is kind of earned and lost between transactions. Just because I transacted today doesn't mean I'll ever transact again. Um, and understanding what's important to me outside of the context of your brand is also super important, especially as you move down the demographic curve. So, you know, individuals who are in the millennial set or younger have very different expectations of what it means to experience a brand than maybe our parents who are in the baby boomer generation. So next gen loyalty is, is kind of the next iteration in that it looks at, you know, why are why am I behaving the way I'm behaving? Um, you know, as I move through all of these environments, because I'm constantly in a connected environment, uh, I never lose touch. Uh, and sometimes that's a great thing, uh, as long as those touches are relevant. But at the end of the day, what next gen loyalty is about is creating smarter interactions and and deeper relationships between brands and the consumers of those brands. Uh, so we're looking at emotional components of who am I, social interests, uh, brand affinities outside of the context of my particular business. And in doing so, you can create some really interesting insights and you can create some very clear strategies and leading indicators of how someone's going to behave because they're introverted or because they're extroverted or because they're risk averted where they have a high degree of empathy or they're a, an avid mountain biker, all of those could or could not be really interesting data points to understand and interesting ways to drive engagement and, and to drive retention of your brand and, and the products that you're looking to deliver to the market. Travis, this would be more of a question for you, but how would a brand or retailer integrate all of their channels on the back end of Magento? Yeah, that's a really good question. And I guess there's there's a few parts to it. There's there's the front end experience part and there's obviously the the order management piece. And so, you know, Magento does have some multi-source inventory functionality. We do have a native Amazon channel integration that's uh pending GA in the next few weeks here. 
and then also a mature order management, a distributed order management product that you, know, you can turn your retail locations into warehouses and intelligently route goods and fulfill orders from those warehouses to you know compete with Amazon with two-day shipping, buy online, pick up and store. And so a lot of what's happening in that store experience needs to be integrated with the commerce experience, whether it's from a clienteling standpoint or if you're using a coupon and you're going to the store to return some items, you don't want to return more than the than you actually sold them for. So, you know, many merchants are using this. And then there's also there are different operational aspects with warehouse management, inventory management, and multi-channel marketplace listings. And so there's a lot of third-party tools that are key in scaling your business when it comes to adding those channels. And that's really what I think a lot of the merchants that are doing today are having success with is, is having something that they can expand upon and get that data set right in the first place. And also PEM has become a big need in managing catalog and attributes and multilingual support, you know, having the ability to understand demographics uh, across the globe and what kind of imagery you want to surface to your consumers in France versus the U U.S. that might be completely different. So what would this experience look like on the front end for the customer? There's a lot of different ways to explore uh, the front end experience. And a lot of brands are investing in new techniques and new frameworks to create even more uh, dynamic experiences for consumers uh, based on, again, their behaviors, their personalities, and, and the other attributes that we can uncover to create those bespoke experiences, which really comes back to you know, how does this construct of loyalty live within uh, a brand environment? The brands that we work with are highly sensitive to the experience and they want to control that. So we've invested a lot uh, as a partner to build out a very flexible frame experience and, and can also be replicated across point of sale for in-store experience that enables those brands to tailor that in their own fashion. Uh, so, you know, enrollment is bespoke and, and has the look and feel that the brand wants it to. So they'll work with, you know, their front end designers to develop uh, that, that front end that's in keeping with uh, their brand standards. And then in, in cases where, you know, they're, they're need, they need some extra capability outside of that point of sale or outside of that uh, e-commerce portal, we can support, you know, lightly configurable branded microsites that we can host on behalf of the brand that enable the, the customer to enroll in the program that they're looking to, to manage. Um, you know, they can change their personal information income and they can see any rewards they've earned or any balances that they may be uh, holding in context of the loyalty program, update any personal preferences uh, or, or opt in or out of various uh, channels that they might be engaging or looking to engage through. So, you know, it's, it's all kind of, tailored by the brand to, to look and feel the way that brand wants their consumer to be experiencing it. Yeah, I'll add to what Andy said there. I think that certainly there's aspects of the loyalty program that, that you need to have that are foundational. And ultimately, people buy experiences. And I think it's important that brands think about how to enrich the lives of their customers with inspiration or building community. Uh, there's a lot of conscious capitalism type brands where brands exist for a purpose. And as a consumer, you can be 
part of that purpose and that greater cause. So creating these enriching experiences is certainly important when you start talking about the the data that you're acquiring from them, the data that they're giving you, and what that means to them. So merchants have a lot of flexibility with Magento and Adobe to create these engaging content pieces, this experiential driven commerce. And brands that figure this out are going to win, and they're going to win big. And this is key to loyalty. And yeah, your product may be great. But there's a lot of expiring products out in the market. So, but you know, when you believe what you're seeing at this, at just the tip of the iceberg here, and with this conscious brands, and they're becoming inspiring, and it's becoming the norm now. And so, it's really exciting to see what brands are doing with their platforms. Right, like you said, it's no longer about having the best price or product, especially millennials. I mean, they're paying for a good experience at this point. How do you maintain the authenticity of a brand in an omnichannel loyalty programming today? There's, you know, you have social media and the offline channels and the online channels. You know, how do you really maintain your brand's voice across all of them? Yeah, I, I, that's a really interesting question and a, and a really relevant challenge uh, for, I think, a lot of the reasons that we sort of touched on earlier in, in the conversation about data and data availability and so forth. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I think that we're trying to do more than maybe maintain the authenticity. I think we're trying to expand it, right? Because, you know, it's, it's, it's already hard for brands to kind of manage consistency across all these different channels because each channel whether again be it commerce or marketing have different constraints uh, around um, you know how information can be displayed or when it can be displayed and a lot of investment on the technology side uh, whether it be magento adobe clutch or other is going into trying to eliminate those perceived barriers in consistency and authenticity um, so from a data perspective, we're trying to enable it so that, you know, when I go in store, my experience is familiar. Uh, and when I go from an in-store experience to an online experience, again, there's still continuity in how I'm, I'm being interacted with, how I'm, I'm being communicated to, uh, and, and all of that comes back to data at the end of the, uh, at the end of the day, knowing what I like, what I respond to, what I care about, um, whether, it be a buying experience uh, or, or an engagement messaging experience needs to be consistent. And so you need systems like the ones that, that we're referring to in this call that can move that data back and forth in real time to inform the best possible experience that can be had uh, regardless of the channel. Um, so the real-time data availability is still kind of the underlying enablement for that experience. It's not just about pretty pictures and cool design. It has to be intelligent. And, and again, that comes back to data availability. Yeah, I'd agree. I mean, I think as consumers, we all feel this in different ways. And there's some relevant experiences that we just expect from merchants that you know, when we go in store to our favorite brands, especially high-end fashion bands or, or apparel that, or even sporting goods, that they understand who we are as people and what we're looking for, what we're interested in from a clienteling standpoint or from an order standpoint, returns, management, all of those kinds of things. But you know, I think that it's not it's not too difficult to wow 
the consumer if you have some relevant experiences that you can unfold there. And really the only way to maintain authenticity is to having the left hand talk to the right. You can't do that without data, as Andy had said. So the essence of this omni of, of omni-channel is make, making sure that the data is unified and you understand how people are interacting with you across these channels. And once you can do this, then you can really unify the approach. One thing I'm particularly interested in is how do you track your loyal customers on social media, including the influencers or that a brand or retailer uses that their customers are interact, interacting with? Yeah, this is a really interesting subtopic from from our point of view you know we we've made kind of a conscious decision to not track consumers in in the social media space and and by that i mean you know we've all seen the news and and all the media reports about you know facebook and you know the privacy concerns and how data is being handled and you know just as general consumers you know i think at least at clutch we've developed some of the point of view that uh, social space is really personal space. And I specifically, I can't speak for everybody at Clutch or everybody uh, in general, but I don't want to be marketed to in that space. But uh, when brands do, uh, there needs to be some ability to track, understand, or otherwise attribute the spend and, and the marketing and the engagement that's going into those channels. And how is that converting to revenue? Uh, so what we do do in context of loyalty uh, in and uh, social media is when a, a brand is putting ads into social channels, uh, we can inform targeting within that um, so we can identify your best customers or lookalikes to your best customers so that you can constrain those acquisition markets or targets down, uh, spend less, get more net effect. So we inform the communications that are going into the social channels. And then when someone does see a, uh, an ad unit in, say, Facebook, and then they go into the store, or they go online and they purchase something, we can close the loop and, and uh, attribute that transaction back to uh, an ad unit that they saw on Facebook X number of days ago. So we, we have solutions that enhance the value and, and help uh, attribute an ROI to the spend that's going into social. Uh, we just personally, at a business level, have some apprehension about tracking what people are doing in context of social, because again, that's that's kind of perceived, at least in in some segments of the population, as being my own personal space. Yeah, I would agree. Social listening is is definitely important. I personally find influencers really intriguing, social in general. I mean, when you see sixteen year olds with these massive followings that are able to create their own brands, turn them into billion-dollar companies, or even just take the traffic that they have, the influence that they have, and, and recommend the brands that they love and, and make millions, and, and or even just make a living off of it. It's really interesting time to, to live, and this, is, this opens a whole new channel for retailers. I heard a story that there was a recent movie launch in LA where a few influencers were invited to the premiere by the production company. And they actually paid the influencers more to promote the movie than they actually paid the leading actress. So, you know, I, and I've also been watching from like a business standpoint the influencer platforms that are out there. You know, formerly there was affiliate, I think affiliate over the years has kind of gotten a, maybe a bad name to it, but I, maybe this is the next affiliate kind of channel. It certainly has certain aspects that are similar, 
when you see Alibaba invest in a, a recent company that just I, IPO'd on NASDAQ called Run, and there's also um, some of the affiliate marketing companies like Impact uh, announced an acquisition late last year of Media Rails, you've got to pay attention. There's, there's definitely something here. So we'll certainly see this grow. Yeah, it's really interesting to see how the whole influencer market has really changed over the years. Um, I mean, I feel like when they first kind of came out, they're really almost more just product models that were, you know, most of them were managed by agencies. And now, like you said, there's these whole influencer platforms and they're coming out with their own product lines and things like that. So they're really coming out in full force. So what do you guys think is the future of customer loyalty? Yeah, I think the paradigm is shifting. You know, the future of customer loyalty is really about the brand being loyal to you less than it is you being loyal to the brand. And to use a real estate um, metaphor here, you know, it used to be a, a seller's market, and I think it's now very much a buyer's market. So in the future, you know, being that experiences are, are going to become so much more uh, relevant and, and so much more of the competitive advantage that brands can have, uh, I, I think you're going to see a big shift in, in how loyalty is kind of defined. Um, you know, and, and it's not going to be based on, you know, spend and demographic. You know, I think things like cloud and influence are going to be indicators. I think, uh, you know, uh, again, with the availability of data out there and, and your ability to capture the wants and needs of, of individuals that might be participating in your program, uh, providing that better experience is going to become uh, much more of the competitive set. And so I think the onus becomes on the brand to try and prove that they know you best and that they understand you best. And that's going to create the loyalty going forward as opposed to my dollars uh, and the brand recognizing my dollars. It'll start to recognize me and follow and, and following that you'll get more dollars out of me. Uh, and, and I think with that, you're also going to get closer to a one-to-one -one relationship because brands are going to start looking at the individuals as, a, as opposed to segments of people based on geographic location, age, or gender, uh, or any of the other sort of traditional uh, indicators of, of segmentation. So what are some examples of brands and retailers implementing an omnichannel loyalty program? Yeah, I, I think probably the one that we all know best, and, and I thought a lot about this, you know, there, there are some interesting players in the market, you know, pretty much across the spectrum, you know, from the very small boutiques up to, you know, sort of the larger mid-market uh, players out there that are doing really interesting aspects of what we would consider next-gen loyalty. But the one that's definitely got their finger on the pulse is Amazon. And, you know, I know that that's a very polarizing thing in that Amazon is, is very much a disruptor within retail uh, and in a lot of ways very focused on retail at the same time. They are data centric in their entire strategy. They focus very much on the customer experience and they're trying to do a lot around putting the consumer into the middle of their business. And all of that comes back to data. So they did a lot about connecting consumers with products in a more fluid way. Then they thought about, well, these people want it. Let's get it to them as quickly as we possibly can. Then they started thinking about, you know, more holistically, like consumers of non-perishable products, they can wait a day or two. But then, you know, they go out and they acquire Whole Foods, a, a huge uh, grocer, uh, and they start to understand your buying behaviors in terms of perishables and non-perishables, large ticket, small ticket, 
you know, dietary restrictions and philosophical uh, bends in terms of the products you're buying, non-GMO, animal-friendly, uh, et cetera, et cetera. They are, they are very much dialed into trying to understand every single one of us on a very individualized basis. And they're taking that knowledge and they're applying best practices. They're creating algorithms and they're creating science and technology around trying. And I think that a lot of the brands that are on the progressive end of the spectrum that are trying to deliver that same level of experience are turning to trusted partners like Magento and Adobe and Clutch and others to bring them those best practices in a rapidly deployable, cost-efficient, highly relevant way and, and leveraging you know, key partners like Blue Acorn to help them understand how all of these things sort of tie together and, and have these best of breed sort of digital and, and experiential interfaces uh, that, again, appeal to uh, the individuals that we're trying to capture, retain, and, and grow the value of. Before we wrap up, is there anything either of you would like to mention? Yeah, I think that the idea of, of next-gen loyalty is not a small idea. And, you know, there are brands that are at all different stages of not only growth or sophistication, but also, you know, contract cycles and, and uh, other resource constraints. And, and I think no matter what your current technology or marketing ecosystem looks like, it doesn't have to be a revolution. This can be an evolution that enables you to test and learn, that enables you to manage budgets and project ROIs and, and track those down before you take on more of the solution. So it is an iterative process. And you know that, that test and learn strategy is something that we believe very much in. And with that, you know, I think you can take a crawl, walk, run approach to developing a loyalty solution that incorporates a lot of the next-gen philosophy, but also uh, appeals specifically and is tailored specifically to your brand, your brand aspirations, and the consumer's aspiration. So whether you're, again, small, medium, large, whether you're a, a high-end luxury retailer, a grocer, an automotive company, whether you're in healthcare or, or hospitality, all of those verticals are experiencing this same kind of evolutionary reality uh, that consumers are now expecting more of them. And the level of expectation is increasing as you move down that demographic curve. And it's very difficult to try and meet those expectations if you're using the historical techniques and technologies to try and market to them. You need something that's real time, something that's best of breed, something that has a flexible uh, uh, framework from which you can operate and optimize over time. And Magento, Adobe, Clutch uh, deliver that. And, you know, our partners like Blue Acorn uh, help you bring that to life uh, as quickly and as smartly as possible. Yeah, I, I'd agree, Andy. I mean, it's it doesn't have to be open heart surgery. Like, that's the last thing I think that any of us want for any of our retail partners between Magento, Clutch, and Blue Acorn. But between us, it, whether you have brand aspirations to do more in omni-channel or loyalty, and we've developed a lot of programs uh, to help merchants get there. And so these recipes and playbooks can be implemented to help get you where you are at today to where you want to go. 
And, you know, it, Magento is, uh, is a very interesting product. We're open source, flexible. The sky's the limit with possibilities of what you can do. We also have 4,500 extensions on Marketplace. So sometimes jumping into that, you know, it's, um, it's overwhelming. And, and we've done a lot of work to create really deep, rich, and meaningful experiences with partners like Blue Acorn and Clutch. And so, you know, we've, we've mapped these things out. We've thought about them. We'd love to talk to you uh, about your journey and, and be a part of your story. Awesome. Well, both the Blue Acorn ICI team and the Clutch team will be at Imagine this year in Las Vegas. So please come by, check us out. Um, I know Blue Acorn ICI's booth number is 122. Andy, do you have a number for Clutch's booth? I don't yet, but uh, you can obviously track us down uh, at the show or uh, on the Magento website. Awesome. Well, thank you, Travis and Andy, for joining us today. This is all great. Thank you. Thanks. See you guys soon. Yeah, thanks a lot.